Did you clap on three? I'm going to hurt you. What are you going to do to me? I'm not going to return your texts or calls. Okay. I'm fine with that. Oh, wow. That'll show them. (laughs) That'll show them. You're aggressive. Are you lonely in San Diego? (laughs) Are you lonely in San Diego? It's been two weeks and La Jolla may be quiet, but my libido is quite loud. (laughs) It's a screaming. It's a hollering. Oh, that is true. Women reach their sexual peak in their late 30s, early 40s. I'm done talking to you. I quit this podcast. Baby Joey, listen, he's feisty. He is feisty. He's not getting tail. No, you came out of the gate hot. Coming in hot, hot, <laughs> hot. I am hot, honey. <laughs> hot to trot. That went absolutely nowhere. Congratulations. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Dead in the water. I have a whole hour. I have a whole hour to get back. Okay. Do you need it? Do you need a second to collect yourself? I'm really okay. I actually I think this is as good as it gets. I really do think. <laughs> I think. Hi, Joey. Hello, Yellen Marsh. How are you, baby? I am good. How are you, other than slightly horny? I'm horny. I'm a little tired, but I'm excited to be here. I have to tell you, I really look forward to doing the podcast with you. I love seeing you. I love talking shit with you. It's always a good part of my day. Oh, I love you so much. Listen, we are having a blast right now on our Patreon. We are covering pink color crimes and it is truly the palate cleanser of all palate cleansers if you want more joey and i we have some bonus episodes some ad free episodes we have a whole back catalog including this uh, other guy who worked here what was his name i can't remember margaret well, there was yeah there are a couple podcasts with him too <laughs> you can find it on our website under the patreon i get bonus episodes ad free episodes we get our special content on instagram we also have some announcements coming up here real soon hey, that you'll get First yeah. <laughs> More of this nonsense and tales of the horny old people on our Patreon. Is that going to draw people or deter them? I don't know. It's, you know, honestly, though, I think it's time that we let them know about our big surprise that's coming up, which is okay. that you and I are, we're going to give it a go. You and yeah, I. That's it. We're going to do we're it. We're going to be a couple. We, we are going to love on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as that joke can go for Joey, okay? Protect your eardrums, people. Prote- That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Season 8, Episode 3, Spirited Away. Uh, don't get me started. Don't even get me started with that title. Tells the story of the disappearance of Courtney Stauffer. A spirited young beauty moves out on her own. Courtney was really proud of her apartment and her life. But she was 21, so she still wanted to go out and have fun and party. She wanted to experience everything that life had to offer. She was just a fun, fun girl. But in the aftermath of a wild summer night, Courtney's life takes an alarming turn. He woke up in the morning and she was gone. I was scared and panic had set in. It wasn't like her to not be in contact with somebody. So here we are. It's July 2012 in the small suburb of Palmyra, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad I said that right the first time. I've said yeah. Palmyra. I've said Palmyra. It is Palmyra. Yeah. Palmyra, Pennsylvania. Wait, what did you say? Oh, shit. It's Palmyra. Palmyra. Oh, we'll get a DM about it. Don't worry. Let the people come to us. Let them come to us. We don't come to them. Listen, potato, potata. Late July 2012, in the small suburb of Palmyra, Pennsylvania, 21-year-old Courtney Sierra Stauffer is holding court like she's done throughout her entire life. Courtney loved to be the center of attention. She liked to sing. She liked to dance. She liked to be the loudest one in the room. She liked to tell stories, very long stories. (laughs) We meet 21-year-old Courtney Sierra Stauffer, and her mom, Wendy Stauffer, tells us that Courtney loved to be the center of attention. She liked to sing, she liked to dance, and she liked to be the loudest one in the room. Let me repeat myself. She liked to sing, she liked to dance, (laughs) and she liked to be the loudest one in the room. In the words of Elphaba, It's me! (laughs) We open to the 
this sort of smoky, beatnik, hippie kind of party with generic reggae music. Do you guys remember in the Morgan Harrington case where they played like generic heavy metal music because ID didn't want to pay for the rights to like anything having to do with Bob Marley? So it's just like a generic reggae beat in the background. I was like, do better. It was definitely like a B-side, no doubt song. Absolutely. Yeah, it was more ska than reggae. You're right. (laughs) But everybody in this episode wants to tell us how Courtney loved to be the center of attention. I was like, immediately I thought of Courtney as a cat. Because if there is something that cats need to be, it's the complete and total center of attention all the time. Like, they will die, which is... Like you and me. I was literally about to be like, also, that sounds like Ellen Marie Marsh. Who are you kidding? Are, yes. Something you'd like to say? You're going to pin that on me, Joseph? Oh, I'm pinning it on both of us. I already said. Okay. I All already right. no, said. I heard, guy, I was about to say, you sang Alphabet two seconds Baby, ago. Unprompted. Listen, the two of us are not better than one. We, neither of us are better than the other. No, but I also love, did you say what her, what Mama Wendy said about her stories? They were long. She goes, oh. <laughs> She loves to tell stories. She loves to tell long stories. (laughs) And I have the best life hack. If you have a friend that is long-winded and they call, I have the best life hack. Are you ready? What is it? Say, hi. Okay, my phone is about to die. (laughs) And then if you're interested, you can stay on and magically your phone doesn't die. But if the inevitable happens and they're yip-yap-yapping in your ear, you can hang up without any guilt. That's pretty smart. You're welcome. Right? That is a gift for all of you. You're welcome. I'm not going to lie. If I'm stuck in a conversation that I don't want to be in in person, I walk away. I'm dead ass serious. I will walk away from a conversation. Wait. Also, you and I have had many a stoned conversations and been like, I don't want to talk anymore. Bye. (laughs) Or just, I got to go. It's I I got to go. Courtney liked to be in the center of attention, but she was also very confident being there as well. As a little girl, Courtney would be in the talent show. She had a really pretty voice. Courtney has a very pretty musical voice. Gave a shot at a couple of different instruments. Courtney had a lot of talents. So then we find out through Dad Scott that she was also super confident. She could hold her own in any situation. Honestly, she sounds like somebody we would be friends with. I thought that too. And he also wants to double down on the center of attention thing. <laughs> I was like, can everyone leave Courtney alone? Listen, she, just wants- <laughs> she got a gimmick and she stuck with it. <laughs> So we learned that she's the oldest of six kids and she grew up on a farm outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Wait, you want to hear my best farm joke? Oh, sure. What did the mama cow say to the baby cow? What? It's past your bedtime. Get it? Pasture? I quit. I quit this podcast. I truly, it took me my brain. I'm not going to lie. I am in California and there's a lot of free, you're not free. There's a lot of accessible marijuana. So there is a 30 second delay, but that I don't think I ever need to arrive at that destination. I thought that was good. I'm so glad. And we learned that she loved animals. She had a dog named Sheba. And then Christopher says how she thrived on competition and loved to win. And I was like, Christopher, why do you say that? It Like, no one likes losing. Like, the, what Christopher's like, you know what? She loved losing. She loved losing at sports. She loved losing at... No, it's okay to want to win. Don't apologize for being fucking awesome. It's okay to like winning. Win or don't. Think about it. I haven't. <laughs> How dare you hijack my own joke right in I, front of me. I know. Also, right, they right say in front of you. she was on the debate team and she could debate any topic. Topic? Topic? Honey, baby, get it the fuck together. You are you joking? Are you joking? Have any to... talk it? I'm trying. Can you play that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> Team, and she could debate any talk it. Can you play it in slow motion? I mean, she could debate any talk it. I'm not. You know any. what? How? Just wait till you do it. Till you inevitably stumble over your words. I'm not gonna let okay. you forget it. I'm gonna text you at 2 a.m. to remind <laughs> you of when you stumbled over your words. Anyway, Dad Scott was saying she was on the debate team and she could debate any topic. And I was like, literally, this episode is about Ellen Marie Marsh. Joey, what? Do you know what I wrote? Literally, this episode is about Ellen. Me. No, I wrote. Is this about me? I'm not kidding. (laughs) I wrote, is this about me? It is. Oh, God. They're too much alike. They don't think. They're so 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 much alike. After high school, the feisty teen worked part-time at her dad's recycling equipment firm. Then, instead of college, she followed her mom into the beauty business in a very Courtney kind of way. Courtney worked in a beauty salon with me for a year. 
and then she started doing dog grooming and she loved dog grooming. She found her real passion and it was dog grooming. Let me tell you something. Dog grooming is truly an art because I have seen dogs come out of the salon. I ain't going to name no names, Pearl. And they look like they were groomed (laughs) by Stevie Wonder after a long night of drinking. Them dogs look like Skeksis from the Dark Crystal. And if you don't know that movie, you are missing out. Please smoke a joint and watch it. But, you know, Skeksis, you know the Skeksis? Yeah, I my my dog died. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. You know what? Should we take a moment for Pearl? Yeah, a little poop shake Pearl. Poop shake Pearl. Joey always used to call it. <laughs> Joey used to love on Pearl and be like, mm, smells like she drank a poop shake. Oh, and lapped it all up. Oh, shit breath. Listen, but she was cute <laughs> as hell. Now, listen, Courtney enjoyed dog grooming, not just because she was good at it, but also because dogs don't talk back. And honey... I have never related more because, you know, when I was a makeup artist and I had to do those rich ladies on the Upper East Side, it was a test in patience because these women would ask for the most with paying the least and they treated you like hired help. And I wanted to be like, you know, you can keep your nasty attitude and your buffalo nickel that you're paying me. You're not worth it, Quasimodo. I don't care about you. (laughs) He has... He has no patience. No. None. Not for that shit. Courtney started out working for me as a bather dryer. She had a knack for working with animals, very much so. She had uh, a great energy about her that she could calm down any dog, whether it was nervous or aggressive. We meet Lindsay, who was Courtney's boss. And she just said she had a way to calm dogs when they were nervous and aggressive and when they were getting groomed. I think that's probably a really like, you know, if we could talk to the animals. (laughs) Some people have a way. They do. Do you think you got a way with animals? Yeah. Have you met my exes? Oh, (laughs) did I steal your joke? Can we get applause? Can we get applause for her, please? Okay, thank you. (laughs) So Lindsay also says that like she kind of like changed her sense of style. When she first met Courtney, she was kind of like a preppy cheerleader. And then she kind of adopted a hippie kind of lifestyle, which I totally understand. Like your style ebbs and flows until you find out who you really are. You know, you had that long hair back in the day. Yeah, I think that's really cute when you kind of see people change and they sort of, you know, change their music tastes, the way they do their hair, the way they dress. Yeah, you're trying to figure it out. Listen, I'm like, do it. Live your best hippie life. I personally never understand why people want to smell like patchouli and never trim their pubes, but maybe that's not for me to understand. (laughs) Being a hippie for me is like being a fan of the Kardashians. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but be blessed on your journey. (laughs) (laughs) After reveling in the single life throughout her teen years, at 20, Courtney fell hard for 19-year-old Bradley Hare, a local excavation worker. Nine months later, the pair moved in together. I think she was looking at this as a long-term relationship, not just a casual boyfriend. We also learn that Courtney had started dating a young young man by the name of Bradley. (laughs) Did you just see? Do you see? Remember how you were giving me shit? And this is the Lord's way of saying, be nice, Ellen, because you just, I don't know what just came out your mouth. Listen, you're fine. Do you need to be the center of attention? Is that what you need right now? Are you gaslighting me right now? (laughs) She started dating this man named Bradley who was an excavation worker again what's that we get no is he an archaeologist like I don't know but there are so many jobs (laughs) someone is gonna be like hey I'm an excavation worker do you have questions for me I mean listen help me out so they actually moved in together after about nine months I was like yikes not my journey but again be blessed yeah And, you know, we meet Leah Jennings, who's a PI. Yeah, I have opinions on this. Okay, go. Okay, I just want to say she's got bangs that I can only describe as questionable. Uh, (laughs) I have a pet peeve when I see people with gelled, crunchy curls and straight bangs. It's very 2006, and that's that's where it should remain. Trust me, listeners, I'm your friend. I will tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth. Also, she's like, Courtney was like looking for something long term, not a casual boyfriend. I'm like, you think Sherlock Holmes? They moved in together. I don't think you need to be an investigator to figure that out. I think you only need eyes and ears. I guess anybody can call themselves an investigator. I'm an investigator, Ellen. I'm a P.I. No, you really can't. You mean, really can't. It's it's not a real job. Oh, great. You could just volunteer. You could you could be really good at stalking someone's Instagram and be like, I'm a P.I. <laughs> Look at me. Well, 
You and I should make some business cards then. Yeah. Give us 10 minutes and a challenge. <laughs> we will come back with some answers. <laughs> then Christopher says this. The couple rented a cozy flat in downtown Palmyra, just a 10-minute drive from Courtney's childhood home. Christopher, what is this, England, Christopher? Uh-oh. What are you, British? What are you speaking the Queen's oh. English? Yes. Would you like a spot of tea? <laughs> Would you like some bangers and mash? A little bit of Bob's your uncle? They rented a flat, Christopher. Christopher, they got an apartment. They just, they got an apartment. He didn't write that shit. They, 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 pip, pip, cheerio. They got a flat together. <laughs> and they read some fish and chips. And they, uh, they celebrated Boxing Day. Is he Austin Powers now? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. We're recording at night, y'all. But the most important thing to sweet Courtney was that she could have her dog Sheba there. Yeah. And she has had Sheba since she was eight years old. And it was very important for her to find a flat that allowed dogs. <laughs> I had a cat that I had for 23 years. Did I ever tell you that? I can't remember. I had a cat named Oreo that I got when I was five years old. And she lived till she was 28 and poor thing by her end days. Are you serious? I am dead ass serious. The end of her days, all she did was just sit around with her tongue out and she'd be like this. Oh, babe, 28? No, I was 28 when she passed, but she lived to be 23. Are you sure your mom didn't swap out that cat once or twice? What's wrong with you? Why? I I just, is that, that's a lot. 25 years? Why do you keep switching up the math? I said, you first, I said 23, then you said 28, and I said 23 again. Now you're saying 25. Are you okay? Literally, no. Then, on a summer night in 2012, when all seemed right with the world, Courtney's domestic bliss comes to a sudden and dramatic end. Courtney was having some sort of a party at her apartment. Uh, one of her neighbors uh, knew that Courtney's boyfriend was on probation, knew he shouldn't be drinking alcohol. So one night Courtney was having a party and it turns out his probation was for underage drinking because while Courtney was 21, Bradley was only 19. Yes. Sounds familiar. Hi there, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, times it by two and add a zero. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so turns out that their neighbor knew about his probation and the rules of his probation, which how did he know that? But uh, small town. Palmyra is a small town. And so I guess either they were getting too loud or the neighbor flat out didn't like Bradley or maybe they were just mean. But this neighbor called the Lebanon Probation and Parole Department and reported him. Yeah, he didn't just call the police. He's like, I'm going to one-up that shit. I know the parole number. He's like, beep, pop, boop, pop, 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 pop. You know that guy, Bradley, who's not supposed to be drinking because he was drinking underage? I got I got your guy. Come get your guy. That's so fucked up. So the cops yeah. show up at their house, do a routine inspection, and they find alcohol in the home. So Bradley was in violation of his probation, and baby, they took him to jail. Yeah. So at 9.54 that night, Courtney calls her mom. She's scared. She's worried. And Mama Wendy was like, okay, honey, do you want to come here? And Courtney was like, no, I'm going to go out drinking with my friends. Yep. Wait. Uh... Well, we've all been there. We've all been it there. It takes time to figure out as you get older that you can't drink your problems away. But I have certainly been there, even in like, yep. my, you know, my older age, I have been there. But the thing is, is Courtney was super stressed out because she was really happy with Bradley. And she was thinking he could be spending the remainder of his probation in jail, which would be like yeah. four years. That's a long yeah. time, especially at 19. Yeah. And that's for That is over a couple natty lights. Absolutely not. Like, you know, it's just it's so not worth it. So. Courtney calls her 29-year-old friend, Cody, and she's like, this is what happened. Can we just go have a couple drinks, blow off some steam? So they go to a happening place called the gas station to have a couple drinks. Yeah, it's in Hummelstown, which is literally 15 minutes away from Palmyra. I googled it. So... It seems like Courtney was on a mission to drink her cares away. Yeah. And and after meeting up with Cody, the two of them met up with Cody's friend, Milton Rodriguez, and then another couple, and they all get in a car together. They all get in Milton's car together and head to Harrisburg for a night out on the town. By all accounts, she must have drank pretty heavily because she became intoxicated, very intoxicated, and at one point got into an argument with an acquaintance of hers uh, and that person's girlfriend. Courtney ended up getting into it with an acquaintance of hers and that person's girlfriend. She accused this person of breaking into her apartment and stealing money a few months prior. And Mama Wendy says, look, 
I think Courtney was angry. She needed to get it out. And this person yeah. was a perfect target. And apparently it got pretty loud because security was called and they removed her from the bar. But here's the thing. The people she was with, they didn't leave with her. Yeah. And, and also it has to be said that a lot of times, you know, you do that. You you pick a fight. You get angry. Not at the, She's angry. She was angry that her boyfriend was taken away. And she just, you have to get out all of that pent-up frustration coupled with the alcohol. So when she gets kicked out, she's like, Milton, Cody, come and get me. I am outside the bar. Which these men are going to make a series of errors. I can honestly say no man that I would ever choose to spend my time with if I got kicked out of a bar, which, you know, give me five minutes, I'm sure I could do, <laughs> would ever, ever not follow me out those doors. You included, Jake, any of our friends. There is no way that if I did something stupid like that, you all wouldn't follow me right out the door. So that's that's number one that these fucking brosifs did. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that she had to text them to get them to come outside. I'm like, all right, trash. Y'all are trash. Yeah. That's trash. Somewhere between two and four o'clock, they got back into Milt's car that Cody was driving, made their way back towards whom? Towards Palmyra. And at that time, Courtney felt she was okay to drive, and she asked him to stop and let her off at the gas station so she could get her car. And Cody agrees, but he dropped off Milton Rodriguez first, which was within six to seven blocks of where Courtney lived. Cody is driving, and they head back to Palmyra, which I Googled it. You'd be so proud of me. I am very proud. I used the Google machine, and it took just under 30 minutes to get there. They arrive in Palmyra. Courtney says, look, I'm cool to drive. Bring me to the gas station where my car is and I'll drive home. Don't worry. I'm sober. Big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. I have to go shopping. Yeah. So I assume, okay, well, my voice goes up like that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I know. I assume Cody was the sober driver. I'm assuming he didn't drink that night and he was the designated sober driver. You know who the best drunk drivers are? The drunk person who wants to drive themselves home. (laughs) Because that is where this night should have ended. Yeah. The down bitch code of honor says, no matter what Bible that drunk person swears on, no matter what promises they make, whatever imaginary lines they walk, if they can say the fucking alphabet backwards, you jump on them, you lay in the road, you call the cops, you handcuff them to a tree. I don't care. That is your responsibility. I'm fine to drive. I'm fine. I'm fine to drive. You know what you're fine to do? Drink a fucking liter of water and go the fuck to sleep. (laughs) That's what you're fine to do. Agreed. Listen, the the crazy thing is is that Cody dropped off Milton first, and Milton only lives six or seven blocks away from Courtney's home. So, like, why not drop her off and convince her to go home? Now, listen, I am a fan of taking a drunk person's keys away from them and just leaving. Oh, like, absolutely. I will take your car keys off your key ring, leave you with only your house keys, and Venmo you the money you need to take a cab home. But I am not, I repeat, I am not going to argue with a drunk person nope. who is convinced they're sober enough to drive. I'm taking your keys. You're going to get in a car. The end. Fuck that shit. Yep, you can yell. You can call me names. You can put, yeah, absolutely. Cody then took Courtney back for her car. Cody followed her to her apartment. He had indicated to us he knew she was intoxicated and followed her for her own safety. Cody always had a crush on my daughter. It wasn't a secret. Cody takes her to her car and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Because I'm such a good guy. I'm going to follow her. I'm going to follow her to make sure she's okay. No, you're not a good guy. A fucking good guy would have seen she was upset and drunk and needed an electrolyte water and fucking let her fall into her helix goddamn mattress girl and put her the fuck to bed. How many people I have put people into their beds before? I put you into your bed before. (laughs) Well, I didn't know you were going to bring that up. I mean, it happened. And the thing is, is that Papa Scott tells us, like, you know, it's no secret Cody had a crush on Courtney, but you know, it wasn't necessarily reciprocated, put a pin in that, but I'm like if you care about somebody and you like them so much, I why are you gonna let them drive home? I don't care if you are driving behind them they could drive off of a bridge, or a cliff or into a ravine Dang it! I was driving behind her (laughs) 
I was behind her. That is where the night should have fucking ended was right there. So they roll up to Courtney's apartment, Cody and Courtney, and they see their neighbors. Courtney immediately blows up into a rage. I guess she didn't get along with these neighbors. And again, a chance for Cody to be like, no, 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 no. We're going inside. I will pick you up piggyback style. I am throwing you in your bed. These were probably the neighbors that called the cops on Bradley and, you know, sent him away to prison that night. Cody's like, all right, hash it out. You guys have a little squabble over there. We need to jump Cody. Yeah. Let's jump Cody. Cody, you've made a lot of bad decisions. Which makes me think he was drunk too. Absolutely. So she was convinced she knew which neighbor had called the cops on her boyfriend. He was a single dude who lived on the opposite side of her. And apparently the two of them never really got along. Courtney felt like he would look at her weird and they had a lot of tension between them. And I don't mean sexual tension. I mean the kind of tension that results in tire tracks across your face. But basically Courtney took out all the rage she had been feeling throughout the night on this dude in that moment. And it got loud. Yeah. So the cops are called. Yeah. The uh, person upstairs, she's outside screaming and carrying on with all the neighbors. I think her first name is Courtney. I will notify the officer to come check it out, okay? You know, whenever there's a he said, she said, it's like, all right. You know, the cops aren't idiots. They're in their homes. They're drunk. Everybody go to bed. Yeah. So Cody takes her in the apartment, which he should have fucking already done. He should have just scooped her off her porch and got her into fucking bed. That man is 29 years old. 29 years old. That is old enough to know better, sir. Yeah. So it's an hour later. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. The cops get another call. Now, what is your emergency? She's upstairs screaming, hollering, and banging on on the floors and stomping. Now, this call, they say there's banging on the floor, screaming, stomping. Put a pin in that. So the cops come back at about 4 a.m. They come back to the house. Everything is quiet. Yeah. They knock on the door. No answer. They look in the windows. Everything dark. Now, the cops like, oh, you know what? They probably had an argument. Everybody passed out. Great. Everybody fucking sleep it off. Yeah. I mean, here's my question for you. I mean, because there are people who felt that that was negligent on the part of the cops. But that was the third time they showed up to that residence. And so I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I would think if I was that cop, like, why am I going to wake up a belligerent drunk person to try to be like, you good? Everything's all right. You know what I mean? I mean. We heard the 911 call. The 911 call was like, they're stomping, they're screaming up there. Now, listen, again, yes, they did blame the cops. But, like, you come to a a house, everything's dark. It's like, well, you know, if there's a fight outside and the cops get there and there's no one fighting, well, I I guess that, what am I supposed to do? Go find where these people were? No, the fight cleared up. Okay, I hope everybody is okay. So... The next day is the annual Lebanon County Fair. Which I have been to. What? I've been there. Why? Well, because Gavin Lodge is from there. I literally have a scar on my finger from the fried Oreo that I got the weekend after Priscilla closed. The Lebanon County Fair is, like, huge. It's actually really, really fun. How did you get a scar from it? I burned myself on, like, a fried Oreo. That is the most white trash thing I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, no, it's like like the second or third biggest county fair. I wrestled a pig. How have you not seen these pictures? I need this picture. The day this gets released, you're going to post that picture in the Facebook group. Do you really think I wrestled a pig? I hate you so much (laughs) why did i follow for did you actually go to the county fair i don't know what that is no i you you know that you are losing my trust i'm not gonna trust you no more and one day you're gonna call me you're gonna be upset and distressed and i'm not gonna believe you it's like the boy who cried wolf and then you can think back to this moment by the time you lied about getting burned by a fucking oreo and wrestled a pig and i'll be like see you did this not me look at you just please just punch with yourself i'm quitting this podcast Patricia! <laughs> you quit three I times in one episode! I literally, I wish that I could tell y'all that I don't fall for it. I absolutely fall for it, hook, line, I and sinker. I love you. I love you so much. I, I literally was telling the besties on the best while I was waiting. I was like, I just miss like looking at your face. Okay, I won't do that anymore. That's you the last time I'll do it. You a damn liar. Anyway. No, that is, uh, that is the last time. The county fair was something that Ryan and Courtney did together since they were six and eight they would show their animals 
And then as they got older, they still would go every year. And so that's what I just figured was going to happen on Sunday. But she, she didn't show up. It was, anyway, it was a family tradition for Courtney and her older brother, Ryan, something they'd been doing together since they were six and eight. By the way, well, I'm still so mad fun. at you. I hate you. It's a, it's I a hate blast. you for that. Of course that. they would do you that every year. I am it's so, so much mad fun. that I believed and I, that I fell for you wrestling it's a so goddamn cute. pig. Oh, my God. I went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm an idiot. So listen, Mama Wendy says, I just assumed that, that that's what was going to happen. You know, she would just meet up with her brother, but Courtney didn't show up. Yeah, and so her mother calls, no answer. So Monday morning comes and Mama Wendy calls brother Ryan and was like, have you heard anything from her? And Ryan was like, no. So Mama Wendy gets in her car, drives straight to Courtney's apartment. Courtney's car is there. The windows are rolled down. Now she's like, okay, like, you know, it's small town. She just noticed it. She didn't think it was weird. Her door was unlocked and Sheba the dog was there and everything was fine. And she's like, where's mommy? Now something weird Sheba had like made in the house. And she's like, Sheba never like makes that. That's weird. That was weird. Yeah. Not just that. The TV was on. So was yeah. the air conditioner. Courtney's keys were there. Her shoes, her purse. So Mama Wendy really starts to freak out when she notices that Courtney's cell phone is there. And there were 18 missed calls. What 21-year-old is missing 18 calls? None. Yeah, exactly. So in that moment, she's like, something is very wrong. So she calls Scott, Courtney's father. Now, even though they were divorced, they still were, you know, very, very good co-parents. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) So then Papa Scott gets in contact with Cody. And he was like, recount this night for me. Yeah. Now, he explains everything up to her, you know, getting the the bar fight, getting in the fight, everything up to four o'clock in the morning. He said, I calmed her down. They went to sleep and claims he woke up in the morning and she was gone. And Cody was like, I mean, I have to get to work. Okay, this girl is gone. And he was like, Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay, she's gone. Um, But I also have my buddy Milton's car. I have to go to work. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to like try to sort all that out. And Cody's like, I mean, it's not weird. I sleep like a rock. I didn't hear anything. I mean, I have, I know people who could sleep through anything i sleep through thunder i sleep through my cats knocking shit off i slept through my first marriage i probably have an undiagnosed (laughs) sleep disorder absolutely my actually my sister can sleep through anything jesus could show up with the four horsemen of the apocalypse and gandalf could hit her over the head with a hobbit foot all while blasting natural woman by aretha franklin and she's not waking up it is possible (laughs) to sleep through shit okay (laughs) what is What happens in my mind? I don't know. What is your brain? I don't know. But that I will give benefits of doubts, okay? But everything else is weird. More to come. By midday Monday, Courtney's parents start to fear the worst. I was scared and panic had had set in. We called the police later Monday afternoon. They asked us to come over Tuesday to file a missing persons report. So midday Monday, the parents are in a panic and they call the police Monday afternoon and the police are like, hey, hang tight. Um, just chill out. Uh, drink a seven up. Have a moon pie. Not a moon pie. Uh, yeah, just ha- you, come back tomorrow. Come back Tuesday. I would be like, hi. I would be most appreciative if your fucking would go in the offward direction, please. (laughs) Fucking take a police report. Well, they eventually do because by Tuesday morning, she's still not back. And so a missing persons report is filed. The Palmyra police request assistance from the Lebanon County DA's office, which has the resources to handle a case like that. And that's when we meet the DA, who is David Arnold. And he declares Courtney's apartment a crime scene. They put a lock on the front door so no one can come in and out. And they process the apartment several times. They use dogs, forensics, but they come up with no evidence of foul play or anything that points them in any particular direction. Right. And again, they're doing this on fucking Tuesday. Why didn't you do this on Monday? I will never understand. So... 
they talked to the couple downstairs. They kind of, you know, interview everyone. And they were like, yeah, we heard that noise at about four o'clock, but we went to bed. I also understand that. I have said that many times. I, you know, I've heard things and you're just like, ah, do I call? Do I get, you know, it's a judgment call, especially when it's four o'clock in the morning. So they go to this 44 year old man who's their single neighbor who lived next door And he was creepy. He was real creepy. He would make eye contact with Courtney's parents, and he was just acting really strange. And so the detectives find out pretty quickly that Courtney and this neighbor had been pretty hostile with each other since the get-go. And about a week before she went missing, Courtney had called her mom and said, yo, this dude is weird, and he's been videotaping me. I was sitting on the porch and this guy was literally recording me. So Mama Wendy's like, well, baby, go inside, shut the door and don't engage with that man. But the neighbor says that never happened. Yeah. Police press him further about a voicemail he left for Courtney's landlady the very night Courtney disappeared. We listened to it. He was very irate. He wanted Courtney out of the apartment. He was going to do whatever it took to get her out of the apartment, and if they didn't take care of her, he would. The voicemail threat isn't the only thing alarming the Stauffers. He was hostile. He was upset. I am getting big Fry Thy Neighbor vibes. And then he says, if you don't get her out of this apartment, I will. Yeah. So the police really press him on that. And the voicemail isn't the only thing that really bothered Courtney's parents, because while they were at Courtney's apartment waiting for her to hopefully come home, He had been coming in and out of his apartment back and forth. He eventually came out with like garbage bags that that he was bringing to his car. So it looked super suspicious and it really stood out to Mama Wendy and Papa Scott. Well, now, and then Papa Scott, now this is interesting. Papa Scott was like, I wish I would have just run up there and opened those garbage bags. And then the DA said the police were like, I mean, we searched the trash for anything that was suspicious or a foul play, but like it was just trash. They was doing a home improvement thing. And I was like, wait, did you though? Like it seemed very cat. Like it, it seemed like they were covering their tracks because Papa Scott was like, "I wanted to. I should. I should have gone and opened those bags." And the police were like, "No, no, no. We did that. We, uh, you know, not really. Like we totally searched those garbage bags. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we search those garbage bags? It was so not convincing. And I'm not coming down hard on the cops, but didn't it feel like information that was really scooted past fast? Absolutely. Absolutely. They didn't go into a whole lot of detail and they're like, oh, no, we checked it out and it was fine. I'm like, "Uh, uh, would you care to elaborate, sir? Yeah. It was just like a very quick one sentence statement. The the garbage bags had nothing. Uh, Yeah. I was like, I'm not convinced. (laughs) So Courtney's family, they start spreading the news of her disappearance through the community and they try to rally them all for help. There's even a $5,000 reward, and her disappearance made national headlines. Mm -hmm. But sadly, there's no new leads or information that comes to them, even though the entire community showed up in support of Courtney. Yeah, and they had a candlelight vigil, and they had these tie-dye shirts that said, Come Home, Courtney. Now, they had a massive search party. They covered a two-mile radius. There were so many people that they had to turn people away. Yeah. I was like, that is so, that is so loving. I feel like if there was a search party for me, there'd be like six people being like, nah, she probably mouthed off to someone. Shut up. That is not true. (laughs) You're so loved. Everybody would be Um, like, oh my God, I miss her screaming. I miss her (laughs) screaming. Just follow the screaming. She's going to be yelling at someone. It's not that hard. Meanwhile, police take a harder look at Courtney's circle of friends especially those she was with the night she vanished. The person closest to Courtney, her live-in boyfriend Bradley, has the tightest alibi. Bradley was in jail at the time this happened, uh, but, but didn't provide a whole lot of information outside of that. That is a great alibi. Listen, if you ever want an airtight alibi... Break some kind of law and end up in jail. That's what you. That's what I said last time. You cannot I, argue with prison. But I know. But oddly enough, the police were like, he wasn't super cooperative. In the words of Cardi B, <laughs> that's suspicious. That's weird. You think that's suspicious? I mean, I don't know. Like, what? No, of course not. He was in jail. Like, kids' brains aren't fully formed. His frontal cortex was like, you know, halfway developed. But it's just like, why Why are you not cooperating? Just cooperate. Because he don't hates be the cops. Asshole. I'm sure that that dude hates the cops. But you love your girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah it's not suspicious. Right. It's, not, it's not him. He was in jail. <laughs> so investigators are now focused on 
Courtney's friend Cody because he was the last person to see her. But his story still hasn't changed. And he's like, look, I have no idea when or where she could have gone. He maintains that the morning after he tried to get in touch with her, he texted her, no response. And remember how he says he went to the convenience store to call Milton? Well, they, the security camera footage confirms it. Yeah. Oh, she don't believe it. She don't like that. I feel I feel like the cops are like, well, ugh, that story's airtight, isn't it? <laughs> airtight right yeah i mean he said he i mean he, he seemed he pinky swore you guys left the room but he pinky swore well, what do you so, think he's i mean what, what tell me uh, like what do you think he's lying about i don't know it's 2012 why'd you go to a payphone at the convenience store he used the phone that seems really odd yeah it seems like is it where is there a cctv oh there's a cctv at the convenience store why are you calling milton on your payphone bro right I don't know. I don't have an answer, but that looks like he's trying to, you know, get receipts. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with you on that. Also, there's payphones still around in 2012. Yeah. It's just like you slept through her leaving. Okay. All right. All right. Following his instincts, Scott calls Cody's friend, Milton Rodriguez, who was also out with Courtney and Cody that night and whose car was used to drive everyone downtown. Milton was nervous. He didn't know what happened. He's not sure. He was very vague on his answers. So Papa Scott calls Milton, the other guy who was there. Milton was super nervous. He didn't know what happened. And Papa Scott wasn't buying it. No. And I get it. Because if I were Papa Scott, I would be sus of everyone. I'd be like, what is your name? Joey what? Joey Taranto? Show me your ID. I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> I get it. But, you know, he was saying Milton was, you know, vague and a little, you know, just kind of like skittish. Yeah, he was like, he told the cops, he's like, I don't trust their answers and I feel like maybe it's time to force feed them some squirrel pie, get some answers out of Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> so the police get search warrants for both of their homes and vehicles, thinking that this could have been maybe like a kidnapping. But after a very detailed search, according to them, they did a detailed search. Mm -hmm. They didn't find anything to suggest that the two guys were involved. Right. They were at her apartment. She was never there. She was at her apartment. Right. If they go to a second location, it's not going to be where their stuff is. Right. They are going to be like, let's go get her fingerprints all over my shit really fast. That sounds like a bang up plan. <laughs> as far as I know, the person that she got into the argument with at the um, hardware bar, he was a known drug dealer around town. She had thought that he had broken into her house and stole some items or that he had had someone break in. Comes out. Remember the guy that she got into that little barroom scuffle with? Yes. It turns out that that guy was like a known drug dealer in Harrisburg. And you know, the main pipelines of drug cartels are it goes, it goes Columbia, New York, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I hate you. Yeah. Like he like he like, like this guy's the George Young of the Amish country. He he was he had a couple pounds of marijuana. A couple pounds of marijuana is does not make you a drug dealer. It makes you a guy trying to earn some you know some money to buy some more weed, whatever. And then they talk about Courtney smoking marijuana. Who cares? Nobody cares. And honestly, like I don't know if people realize this, but Americans are known as stoners across the world. That's really, truly what we're known for. When I was in Berlin, I met a couple guys at a bathhouse, which is a story for another time. And I asked them. <laughs> Can it be now time? <laughs> Can it be now time, please? I asked them. They were talking about America. And I'm like, actually, what are your impressions of Americans? And they were like, yeah, all Americans are obsessed with celebrity and weed. Hmm. Like, we think all Americans are stoners. And I was like, huh, you ain't wrong. We just think that all of you are very problematic. <laughs> You guys are very problematic. You are not very fun. And you're you're horrible at sports. No, we're not. Wow, we're you just really switched to an English accent at the end there. Was that English? Yeah, at the end. But I was on board. I was on board for Shiza. Yeah. I was I was trying to give you like a Mike Myers in that old SNL sketch. Now's the time on Sprocket for me, dog. Now we dance. <laughs> so anyway, the cops interview said drug dealer, and he's like 
I didn't have anything to do with her disappearance. I didn't burglarize her home. After that night out, me and my girlfriend went to my mother's house, and that's where we stayed for the rest of the night. In fact, we played a rousing game of Clue, and it was Miss Scarlet in the billiard room (laughs) with the wrench. You know I never trust a mom's alibi. I mean. Dawn. (laughs) Anyway, his alibi cleared. So we see news footage of these searchers in a boat in a lake and i was like oh here we go yep. we're going to we're going to search this here lake it, yeah it's a year and a half later a local woman named amanda ballister reaches out to papa scott and tells him of a conversation she overheard right she says that courtney was killed by two acquaintances that broke into her house to steal marijuana and money i was like I am not putting down anyone's occupation, but she was like a hippie dog groomer. I don't understand. Yeah. And she said that she was wrapped in a carpet and thrown into Memorial Memorial Lake. What was that? What did you just say? I said Memorial Lake. What did you say before that? Memorial Lake. No, you did it. You said Memorial Lake. And that's the Lord. Can I hear that? And thrown into Memorial Memorial Lake. You fucked it up, and that was the Lord's way of humbling you today. This was a lesson from the Lord, from baby Jesus, to remind you. Wait, let me. He's saying it now. I hear. Oh, baby Jesus says you're not better than me. That's what he says. Okay. (laughs) Baby Jesus has so many better things to do than to worry about two Muppets fighting for the center of attention. No, I don't think so. No, he doesn't. Based upon the information that we had. Um, available to us through our investigation. We had absolutely no reason to believe that Courtney Stauffer's body would have been in Memorial Lake at that time. Although detectives are skeptical, Courtney's dad wants the lake searched. You know, the DA, David Arnold, was like, to be honest, we had no reason to believe she was in that lake based on all of our extensive investigative work. I'd like to see the receipts of that. Yeah, and Papa Scott was like, let's do it. And I was like, yeah, you have to. Drain it. Drain every lake. Drain all the lakes in the country. Put floodlights on them. Cadaver dogs. Your baby girl is missing. Do it. Absolutely. So, he was like, I don't yeah. give a fairy's fuck whether or not you are skeptical. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm searching for my daughter. So a few weeks later, they, they searched the lake, which is about 85 acres and only 12 miles away from Courtney's home. And yeah. they used sonar to search the lake. Sadly, they come up with nothing. Yeah, she wasn't there. And so two years pass and they keep interviewing and asking questions. And in the fall of 2015, the family hires Leah, the PI, and they get the reward for her disappearance up to $50,000. And, you know, they kind of close the story with all of their gestures of hope, which is very, very sweet. You know, they have memorials, they have lantern lights, and they plant a dogwood tree that blooms every year around her birthday. I was like, oh my gosh. Also, it's so sweet. That community really was galvanized behind Courtney. Like, they raised $50,000 to offer as a reward for any details that could lead to her whereabouts. I I think that's pretty amazing. So obviously, this community cared about Courtney. And Courtney's family and friends, they keep hope alive that she will be found somewhere, somehow. And, you know, it's a sad ending. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, you know, we, we learn in these stories, everybody sort of deals with this mental trauma differently. Whether it's imagining, you know, he her dad said that she was on a mountain or imagining that they just wanted a life on their own. And I'm just like, you know what? Whatever lets you have any kind of peace with such a tragedy i'm like think it believe it because we want we want closure we want people to know what happened to their babies but that doesn't always happen so there are no answers and there is still a one hundred thousand dollar reward for information that would solve this case you can call the palmyra police at 717-838-8189 Or you can call the Lebanon District County's Attorney's Office at 717-228-4403. I think the thing that always breaks my heart in these cases is someone fucking knows. Yeah, say something funny. I will give you every dollar in my bank account to watch you wrestle a pig. (laughs) I'm dead ass serious. Where are my axes? Bow, 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 bow. Where is 
she? Poor oh, Courtney. I know. Where is Courtney? We love you all. Please join us on the Facebook group. That is where we spend a lot of our time talking and catching up with everyone. It is called the Obsessed Disappeared Podcast Discussion Group. You didn't even give me a chance to say that. I know, honey. It's late. I gotta go. To, I gotta get to bed. <laughs> We're also on Twitter and Instagram at The Disappeared Pod. We have been going live on Sundays. We call it Sip and See Sunday. We're not making it a promise. We're really, really trying hard. We go live. We talk about the case. We catch up with you. We answer your questions. Are you having fun going live with all the down bitches? I love it so much. It's so fun. It just cracks me up. Everybody cracks me up because we've got a lot of smart DBs and we've got a lot of funny DBs. Yeah, everyone is really, really funny and sassy. Sassy. And if you want more of Joey and I, please come join us on the Patreon. That is where we do all of our bonus episodes. We also do one fun bonus thing. We have done everything from AMAs to trivia. We've gone back to trivia. It seems like y'all want another month of trivia. So maybe June we'll do trivia again. We've done our hot takes, but it is what you want. We do three bonus episodes ad-free and we also give you our close friend circle and then we do something else fun we do what you want if you want to see naked pictures of joey just text me i don't like the sound of that (laughs) now also if you aren't on the patreon pink collar crimes alone is worth it it truly gets me every week truly cracks my shit up yeah yeah we gotta find something else just like pink collar crimes we will be coming to an end though because there are only eight episodes so be sure and send us what you want us to cover next on our patreon and that's it we love you so much we love you so much oh also you can find us both on instagram i'm at it's joey taranto tell them where you at ellen ellen marsh i spell my name with a y because my mom wanted me to be different and be the center of attention Which you most certainly are, Yellen Moss. We love you so much, guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. All right, let's clap on three. Ready? Oh, God. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> One, two, three. Did you clap on three? That's suspicious. That's weird. <laughs> she could hold her own in any sit. She could hold her own. <laughs> So we need, we need Buffalo Nickel. <laughs> Joey, guess who's back? Who? Oh, wow. That was really, <laughs> I'm sorry. Start that again. I'm sorry. <laughs>